0: You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening.
1: We praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are grateful to you. You are the Lord of life, the only one that satisfies God, we thank you for your word this morning, and as it is read and proclaimed, we ask that you would illumine our hearts, show us more of who you are, more of your love, and may we respond to it with joy. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is by Liesel and Sean Callahan. Our reading for today is
0: from Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 27. All things are possible with God. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Good morning, Third Church. My name is Esther Choi, and it is so good to be here with you today. Uh, My family has been a part of um, Third for several years now, and I am a Presbyterian minister, and Corey keeps asking me to preach. And so I say yes, and I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here with you all um, to bring you the word today. So... Uh, This last year, uh, my family and I have lived in Fort Walton Beach, Florida and um, my husband and son actually stayed there after school ended and we are spending the summer here in Richmond. Um, But last week I drove back down to Fort Walton Beach because my husband and son were there getting ready for my son's state um, baseball tournament. And so I went down there to meet them and I have driven this road uh, many times before. Basically you get on 95 and you drive forever (laughs) until you get to I-10. So I uh, got on the road and I stopped for gas in South Carolina and when I got back on the highway, I was really pumped because I was making really good time I had gotten up early that morning and I was driving alone so I had a lot of time in the car by myself without kids I was thinking about my sermon thinking about the week ahead and all that I had to do and so um, I looked up at the clock and saw that it was only about four and a half hours to go and it was amazing, it just the trip went like that. So I thought, wow, my brain must have been on autopilot thinking about all this stuff. Um, I must have missed crossing into Georgia. So I started kind of looking around um, thinking, where am I? I don't even know what state I'm in. Uh, <laughs> and as I started reading some of the signs, um, they seemed like cities in North Carolina, which was weird. And then all of a sudden, I realized I hadn't seen a 95, you know, the interstate sign in a while, and just as I had that thought, I saw one, and it said 95 North. Yep, yep. My stomach just dropped in disbelief. And so I immediately, you know, of course, got off, made a U-turn, but I wanted to cry because I had been driving in the wrong direction hours and when i thought i was only four and a half hours away from my destination i was actually now 10 hours away (laughs) so true story can't make this up (laughs) Uh, and to be honest i had been distracted i mean i just thought i knew where i was going you know i had done this so many times before and i had not been paying attention and so as I was turning around on that highway, I was frustrated, mad at myself, about how much farther I had to go, and you know, God really impressed this metaphor on my heart, <laughs> that when we are distracted in life and we don't pay attention because we think we know where we're going, we can easily get off track and even quite unknowingly go in the wrong direction. Well, friends, spiritual disciplines are practices that help us get to the good life, this abundant life in Jesus that I believe everyone is longing for. And in particular, I think that the practice of simplicity, which is what I'll be talking about today, is an invitation from God to stop, to pay attention when we have been living on autopilot and to make a course correction. Now I have to be honest and admit to you that I feel a little bit like a fraud standing up here today preaching about simplicity. Because if you know me at all, you might know that my life is not as decluttered as I would wish it to be. My schedule is often way too busy, I take on too many commitments, and I get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that I have, my family has, and yet I crave more. So I'm not an expert on simplicity, or the spiritual disciplines, but I stand before you as someone who is on a journey, hopefully just like you, because I am longing, I'm longing after the only one that I know who satisfies, and that's Jesus. And so in the sermon about simplicity, I'm gonna keep it really simple. (laughs) I'm gonna tell you what the core of simplicity is. The core of simplicity is love, it's love. I want you to take a moment and think about why we want more stuff in our lives. Why we fill our schedules and wear ourselves out trying to be all things to all people. Why we work harder and longer hours to get that next promotion or raise so that we can have a certain lifestyle for ourselves and our families. Take a moment and really reflect on that. Why? What compels you to acquire more and do more? Sometimes the reason is because we want to keep up with others or we care what others think about us. We want other people's uh, um, affirmation and approval. Sometimes it's because we're afraid of not having enough. Sometimes we find security in our stuff and our status, and sometimes we just mindlessly get caught up in a culture that pushes us and tells us that more is more. Well, in our scripture lesson this morning in Mark 10, a rich man comes to Jesus and falls at his feet, begging to know how he can get eternal life, and Jesus, he quotes the last of the six commandments to him, and the man says, yeah, yeah, I know. I do all of that. And then Mark's gospel in verse 21, inserts this sentence, did you catch it? Did you catch it in the reading of the word? Mark 10, 21 says, Jesus looked at him, looked at this man, and loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him, he saw, This man, all of who he was, he knew everything about him, why he did what he did, all of his motivation, his fears, his desire for security or significance. Jesus saw all of him and Jesus loved him. And that's why he invites this rich man to give up everything he has and follow him. Jesus' invitation to live in simplicity is an invitation to freedom, and it is rooted in love. Now, this man thought he was you know, on the right path. He thought he had kept all the commandments, but he lacked what was most important. Jesus says, you lack one thing, love for God. In Matthew six twenty-four, when teaching about treasure in heaven, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money." Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And second, love your neighbor as yourself. That's Mark 12, 29 through 31. Loving God, loving neighbor, that is the heart of it. The main thing. And if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear that. Loving God and loving neighbor, that is the main thing. It is easy, so easy for us to get off track, isn't it? When we're more focused or preoccupied with our stuff and our schedules. Now you might be thinking, how much do I have to get rid of to live simply? especially in our culture of excess. Jesus may not be asking you to sell everything you have. Or maybe he is, I don't know. Jesus asks us to do some pretty crazy things, at least in the world's eyes, when we follow him. But the point is not how much or little we should have if we are truly practicing simplicity. We're not more spiritual if we have less things. Now, the core question we should be asking ourselves over and over again is, am I growing in love for God and people? Am I growing in love for God and people? And if not, what is hindering me? You see, the spiritual practice of simplicity is about ordering our hearts rightly It's about rearranging our priorities so that we can more fully love God and more fully love His people. And we can only grow in loving God and others when we more fully receive Christ's love and live in our belovedness. The rich young ruler, as he's often referred to in the Bible, missed it. He missed hearing the love in Jesus' voice when Jesus asked him to give up everything, and he went away sad he had all this wealth. He missed the good life because he missed that the good life was with Jesus. Friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the good life, and I don't want to miss being with Jesus. So for the past few years, I have been on a journey of trying to live more simply. Now remember, I'm A beginner, always a beginner as well. And about five years ago, I found myself overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that we had in our house. With three kids, um, we had accumulated toys and clothes over the years, and I am not naturally an organized person. So the stuff and the piles of laundry became overwhelming, and I was just in constant stress over it. And on top of that, I just felt like I had no time I mean, I was driving all over town to get to kids' school, to ballet, to soccer, all their activities. I was working to help pay for these things, plus managing their homework and household responsibilities and planning and always worrying about the next thing. Finally, I had had enough. And the first step was I hired a professional organizer whose business is named Minima. Minima. Now... It is a very vulnerable thing to let someone see your mess. And I was a little bit scared about how much minima was going to make me minimalize my things. So Kristen, she comes in and um, she says, well, let's tackle the kitchen first. That's usually the easiest thing. So this is her process. She went through my entire kitchen and emptied out every cabinet and every drawer every single thing and laid it out. Like on the table, it kind of spilled onto the floor and there was all my stuff. And then she sorted it by like kind. And she, you could see you know, exactly how many serving spoons I had and coffee mugs and kitchen ga- gadgets. Um, and then she asked me, do you really need four whisks? Or can you live with one? You know, and so she goes, and so then when you tell her the things that you're willing to let go of, she places it in a bag and then like puts it away, you know, out of sight so you don't have a chance to change your mind. (laughs) But this is the best part. After everything is kind of decluttered, she puts it back into the drawers and into the cabinet, and she turned to me and she asked me, Esther, how do you feel? And do you know what it feels like when you're, you're, Kitchen is decluttered. It is incredible freedom. I mean, I said, I have this immense joy and relief right now because I didn't feel overwhelmed by my stuff, but I had just what I needed. My space was decluttered, but my mind and spirit were also decluttered and I had greater gratitude and peace. I wasn't owned by my things. I could reclaim my identity as being owned by God, by being his beloved. That is the freedom that I felt. Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says to develop a habit of giving things away, especially if you find that you are becoming attached to some possession. And so even parents, I would encourage you as you're in this practice of simplicity, if you want to incorporate this into your family life, maybe have your kids practice decluttering their things as well. You're regularly going through and have the habit of giving things away. That's my first practice of simplicity. A second way I've learned to practice simplicity in my life is to limit my choices limit my choices. So do any of you ever get decision fatigue? Decision fatigue? I do. I have so many things that I have to think about on a daily basis that sometimes just going to the grocery store and and playing a meal is just exhausting. I I love having lots of options, but I found that um, having too many choices can be paralyzing and not freeing. What do I want to eat? What do I want to wear? Jesus tells us not to worry about what we will eat and what we will wear because God loves us and will take care of us. Well, so one way I have simplified and limited choice is in my clothing. Um, So this black dress that I'm wearing, this lovely black dress, I have about six of these dresses. And I have decided, um, a few years ago, I decided that I was going to find a uniform for myself. So this is my uniform. And uh, I wanted to find something that was practical, something that was, um, you know, something I could wear that would go with a lot of different things, Um, something that would be something I didn't have to think about in the morning when I woke up, what am I gonna wear? And I often wear this dress like maybe six days in a row. You know, I have six of them, of course. And do you know what? No one has really noticed. (laughs) And it turns out this practice of simplicity has freed me from worrying about what I wear and what people think of me, and I have more energy and space to focus on loving God and loving others. It's a limiting choice. How can you limit the choices in your life? A third way I'm practicing simplicity is by learning to say no so I can give my best yes. I'll say that again, and I'm learning this. I'm learning to say no so I can give my best yes. Now this practice has more to do with simplifying our time so that we can live an unhurried life. So three years ago, um, I made the decision to take my kids out of the private school that they were in and to homeschool them. And this goes back to kind of that chaotic time in my life when I was just stretched too thin and frazzled and realized our family was always on the go. Like we were always in the car, you know, going from school to an activity and try to grab food on the way. And so our decision to homeschool was saying no to the rat race that I felt I was caught up in. This constant activity, this constant stress about school and achievement and, you know, doing all the things that everybody else was doing and saying yes to more time with my kids and time together as a family. So when we did that when we decided to homeschool our schedules became much more simplified we were all together um, and i remember sitting down at dinner you know a couple of weeks into this and i just couldn't remember the last time we had all sat down together as a family where i cooked and we were sitting down um, we actually had pa- uh, not paper napkins we had you know real napkins out and i remember my kids you know just looking around and saying We like eating together as a family. You know, and saying no meant that we could say the best yes. Yes to being more present with each other, to each other, and growing in love for one another. So what do you need to say no to? so that you can say your best yes. Last year, we were all forced into simplicity, weren't we, in our schedules, Um, because everything came to a stop. No more soccer practice, ballet, lacrosse, basketball scouts, whatever. And you know, I heard from many parents, and many folks, actually, that this time was a gift, that it was freeing not to have so much to do. And now, as things are returning back to normal, we have a choice to intentionally practice simplicity in our schedules you don't have to say yes to everything that you did before so what will you say no to so that you can prioritize your best yes as you look to things normalizing this is an opportunity an invitation from God to order our lives rightly what are you going to add back in and what are you not Where are you going to spend your time and your resources? What will you say no to so that you can give your best yes? That's the free life, friends, that we can have when we seek first God's kingdom. We will have space and energy and time and resources to do the work of the kingdom. We will have freedom to fully reclaim our identity as Christ's beloved. Freedom not to chase after the world's definition of success, wealth, prestige, power, intelligence efficiency, busyness, whatever, all those things. Freedom, we will have freedom to simply be loved, simply be loved by Christ and to love. How will you keep space and margin in your life as so that you can grow to love God and others? So those are three suggestions for practices of simplicity. Richard Foster has some other really great practical suggestions in his book, Celebration of Discipline. And I encourage you, um, if you want to learn more about that, to get that book. This practice of simplicity is an invitation, it's an invitation to freedom. Like my drive to Florida, um, you know, I eventually got to my destination. <laughs> But it took a really long time. And what would have happened if I had stopped to pay attention, to not be on autopilot, but to do a course correction? God invites us through this practice of simplicity to be intentional with that course correction in our lives. To ask ourselves, are we growing more in love with God and others, and if not, what is hindering us from doing that, and if we know what that is, to make that course correction. So where are you longing to be free? Where are you entangled and hindered? Jesus is inviting you through the practice of simplicity to let go of all that hinders you, that all that entangles you, so that you can live more freely as his beloved so that you can grow in loving God and loving others. Friends, that, that is where real freedom and the good life is. Jesus sees you. He sees you. And he loves you. Will you turn your eyes to him and look to him? Let's pray. God, God, Holy Spirit, reveal to us the places in our lives that we are longing to be free. Show us the places we need to have a course correction. God, we confess that only you can satisfy, and yet there are so many things that we turn to instead to meet our needs to make us feel important, to make us feel secure, to ease our anxiety. But God, we want to turn our eyes to you. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you that it is only by your love and your grace that we are freed. And so God, as you call us, as you invite us to practices of simplicity, will you free us, free us to love you more fully and to love others more fully. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.